She's got a cocktail and a pussy. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Geordie. How are you? Well, I have to say I'm a little bit heartbroken and you know why, because we lost a dear friend over the weekend. So I will just say quickly, I'm going to try and put a happy face on, but I am feeling very, very sad at the loss of my dear friend, Al Saunders, Alastair Saunders. He's gone to the big kitchen disco in the sky, (laughs) but that's all I'm going to say about that. So farewell to my friend, Al, our friend, Al. Well, I was just going to say, I actually, it hit me hard when you when you told me about Al and I mentioned it to my sister and she said, I'll take it. And I said, uh, no, <laughs> I said, no, not I'll take it. It's our other friend, yeah. Al. But RIP, Al, do you know what? We'll all be dancing and he's going to be naughty again. Yep. You know, there is a reincarnation. I was talking about this with a friend. I believe in reincarnation. I think we all come back. I think we're all going to meet again. Maybe we won't remember it. Maybe we will. Maybe he's going to give us a sign, but... Yeah, love you, Al. Love you, Al. Maybe it'll be like that last episode of Lost where it was all a dream. Do you remember that? What the fuck happened there? <laughs> no, I have Lost. No, I, ne- I was never fan. Well, good for you because people invested yeah. months, hours, weeks, years of their life to that show Lost where it was fascinating yeah. the idea that a bunch of people survived a plane crash and then at the end of it, after all these toing and froings. Finally, they discovered that they were all in God's waiting room. Or so I don't know. I can't remember. Sorry to give it away. <laughs> if I even have. Honestly, I'm not going back to watch that rubbish. Don't I've go got, there. I've got better things to watch. Actually, I've been watching a couple of things. Can I just say one word? Succession. Oh, it's back. My God, it's back. I'm so excited. How much do you love Kieran Culkin? I love. He him. is the best thing that's ever come out of. A Culkin the Culkin family. family. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I I know it's wrong, but I kind you of fancy him. I do. Oh I God. love his skinny his skinny little teenage bottom. <laughs> and <laughs> and I just love that he's kind of an asshole. I love but it. he's also he's also just so vulnerable and such a dick. I just I kind of love him. Yeah. I like to think that he's He's ad-libbing most of his lines. Yeah, me too. I like to think he's he's writing the script as he goes. <laughs> but anyway, for those of you who don't watch Succession, boring, sorry. I have a little shout-out or two. A shout-out. Shout! You know Yannicka Bailey, she's a very big fan of ours and she listens every episode. She, bought, she has something called a tubble, which is like a blow-up bath that she blows up every week. She gets into it. I think her husband brings her a, a martini or something or a glass of Prosecco. And she sits there. Even her cat is sitting on this tubble. I don't know how. It's like a, it's an inflatable bath. I've seen it because there is a Dutch girl here in town. With a tubble. Who has one with a tubble. I think it's a Dutch thing. Mm. I think it is. And it, she keeps trying to tell everyone, you've got to get one. But I just, oh, we don't have the space. But it looks, honestly, it's just like a big blow-up pool like you had when you were a kid. But it's bathtub. Well, it sounds like something you could take camping maybe. But how would you fill it with hot water? Well, I don't know. You can't fill it with hot water. No. But anyway, so Yannick is in the bath with Martini and a cat. And she's listening to our And a podcast. pussy. She's in there. 
<laughs> She's got a cocktail and a pussy. Michelle listening, Margarita. Listening to the pod. Oh. Listening to the pod. Well, there's an image and she'll be listening to this whilst in that double laughing I hope I hope she's not offended about the cocks and the pussies Um, so that's Yarnica she's also sent us a few ideas for episodes that we are going to be exploring in the future we've also got Nina who is our resident healer yes Nina has been listening in quietly in the background oh lovely she'd like a bloody shout out she said where's my shout out (laughs) (laughs) here it is here you go Nina shout out You're getting a shout out. I would love to think that Nina, who is so very good at cooking, makes Neenish tarts. <gasps> I wonder if she's ever done that. Nina with the Neenish. Nina, here's a challenge. Should you wish yep. to take it up, find out what <laughs> a Neenish tart is. I believe it's like a jam yeah. tart, but on the top you've got chocolate icing on one side and you've got white icing on the other side. Is that right? Is Isn't it... it pink? Isn't it pink icing on one side, oh. chocolate on the other? Sometimes it was white, sometimes it was pink. Okay, maybe. Is there jam inside? I thought it was more one of those fondant kind of white. Like marshmallow. No. Pretend marshmallow. No, 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 no. Do you know what? Jen later. Jessonade and needs skin touch. Now, did Altega get in touch with you about any pronunciation? Yes, he did, and I had to explain to him that he was wrong, and so were you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're wrong. <laughs> the word plaque should be pronounced plaque in all the countries, but Australians, as you know, like to change things up. They, they're not happy with maroon as a colour. It has to be maroon. So therefore, plaque is now plaque. Plaque. But as for Lourdes Leon, I think you'll find yes. it is Lourdes. She's, it's a Spanish name. I don't know. I think it's Lourdes. That's, isn't that what Al Ticket said? Lourdes. He did, but he's, not, he's wrong because he wasn't, he wasn't the parent that named her. She's got a Spanish father, Carlos Leon, and the name is a, Spanish, a nod to his Spanish or Puerto Rican heritage. Yes, but, but isn't it French? There is one that is mm. Spanish and there is one that is French. And I, I gave you the pronunciation on there. It says Lourdes. 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 <laughs> I'm right, you're wrong. For me, jury's still out. Sorry. Well, Sorry, we'll doll. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Can I just tell you, you are looking so pretty in pink. I <gasps> love that on you. You look Thank lovely. You. And you know what? If there was any bit of your pink rinse left, I think it would give it a real highlight. But it looks lovely. Don't you love it? Funky, over 40s, you know. I can't think of what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> Did you hear that? Do you hear what she called me? She called me a dickhead. I wanted to say happy Halloween week. Oh, yes, of course. Happy Halloween. Happy Geordie, Halloweenies. Yes, Michelle. Have you ever dressed up for Halloween? Yes, I have. Okay, what is your favourite Halloween outfit? Well, I only dressed up the once and it was in Australia when I was a girl guide. So we're talking about the age of about 12. I loved to dress up. Did I ever tell you about the day that I decided to dress as monkey from monkey magic, <laughs> monkey magic, monkey magic. Yeah. So that that's like a little monkey king, isn't it? So I, as a girl with long blonde hair, dressed up. As monkey for the day. It was just a random day. I went to my dad's building site, all sorts. Had a wishing staff that I decorated myself, made out of an old tube. 
Yeah, just randomly. <laughs> I did feel a bit silly by the end of the day, I will confess. But then mm. for Halloween, I insisted that we do it. I said, come on, everybody in the Girl Guides group, we've got to do Halloween. So We've got to be monkey. Of course, there was no, it wasn't going to be monkey. I was. I went as a Japanese lady because I found a really nice old kimono. My mum had a kimono. But it was more about the light fitting that I found that looked like a Japanese hat. So I, oh. I wore this heavy metal hat tied on with a robe belt, <laughs> a robe belt <laughs> round my head. So it was like tipping back and forth all day long. And I had the white makeup and I had the Japanese makeup. I looked like an absolute idiot. No one knew what or why I was dressed as I was. And of course, we were knocking on people's houses. They had no idea what day it was. Is it what's Halloween? So... You know, no one cared. Well, no, when we were growing up, nobody celebrated Halloween. It was just an American thing where people cut up pumpkins and carved them and did all that kind of stuff and watched scary movies. But I'm just fascinated why you would dress up as monkey and not Tripitaka or Pigsy. Oh, because I adored monkey, adored him. That show, it was a sensation. You look back now and you think, how the fuck was that ever massive? nuts. But it was. It was absolutely huge. Cultural phenomena. The, the older daughter, who's only 10, wants to watch Squid Game, and I, I don't think it's appropriate. So we'll give her monkey instead. So tell me, what have you dressed up as for Halloween, Michelle? I think the best one was when I dressed up in, as a dead ballerina. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that, yes. That was my absolute all-time favourite Halloween outfit. I had a white tutu so leotard with the white ballerina tutu I had the white stockings I had actual ballet slippers on which I laced all the way up to the knee they were pale pink I had a tiara I had the swan swan lake kind of swan feathers in my hair honestly I looked amazing I'm not even gonna lie because I Honestly, I don't even know how I did this because it was fucking cold in London. I was running around to all different pubs in this outfit and I'd, I'd slashed my neck with red, like, <laughs> fake blood and had it all dripping down onto the leotard, onto the white leotard. It looked so good. I won competitions in pubs and I'd go to the next one and they'd be like, oh, you look great, get free drinks. So, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. I loved that costume. But, of course, it's all up in flames now. Do me a favour, Michelle, if you can find any video, uh, not video, any pictures of yourself as that ballerina, send them and I'll put them on the social media for this week. Oh, all right. I will. That's a great idea. Yeah. And do you remember, oh, do you remember the um, Halloween party I had at my house? I do. Who were you then? You were dressed up as someone dead again, weren't you? Just had a white face and a little 40s outfit. I was Faye Dunaway. Uh, I was um, Bonnie. I was Bonnie. That's right. As in Bonnie and Clyde. Dead Bonnie. And you came as like a gorgeous Halloween 70s 50s lady. housewife. In a, oh, was it 50s? I thought you were 70s housewife. I think it was, it could have been a 70s housewife, but it, I was wearing an orange negligee yes. and house coat with a turban. I've got photos. I've, I'll give Get those to out. you. You can put those on the social too. And do you remember our friend who will remain anonymous, beginning with B, yeah. ended up naked, swinging his dick around Oh, at my party. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say Bethany, but it wasn't her. No, no. Because <laughs> she looked good too. Is her and her husband came as a corpse bride and groom. It yeah. was great. But Halloween, spookiest time of the year. Yes, it is. So let's talk about Halloween stories today, shall we, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, before we do, yesterday I was talking to our chef, who is Mexican, and he was talking Day about the Day dead. of the Dead. Yeah, it's really interesting because obviously it's one of these Mexican traditions and I sort of didn't know anything more about it other than girls who don't want to dress up as like sexy ghost because, you know, everything is like sexy now. It's yeah. like for Halloween, it's like sexy devil or sexy ghost or just sexy whatever, slutty, slutty ghost. They dress up with that beautiful Mexican Day of the Dead uh, makeup. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Day of the Dead actually is really interesting because everyone thinks it's just one day. But for Mexicans, it goes on for quite a few days. And it's actually a celebration of the dead. So basically on Day of the Dead goes over two days, November 1 and November 2. The first day is dedicated to remembering children that have died. Oh. Yeah. And the second day is when you remember adults that have die, died. And in some parts of Mexico and where our chef Lewis is from, they celebrate in the last days of October. So on October 28th, it's a celebration of people who have died in an accident. And then on October 29, they remember people who have drowned. I don't know if that's a big thing in Mexico. Maybe it is. And then on October 30 and 31, they remember people who have died who have been forgotten or you don't know what happened to them. So missing, presumed dead, people who are orphaned, people like souls that are in limbo or people who have been unbaptized. So it's it's really interesting and also the Me- like Mexican culture believes that it's the day of the dead is like a border between the spirit world and the real world and that's that's the day when it dissolves and you can you know the souls of the dead people like awaken and they they eat and drink and they have merry merriment and they they hang out with the Mm. souls of their loved ones and they they put down food so he was saying like you know his mum would cook up big vats of mole and then they put a packet of cigarettes for his grandfather and the mole and they just yeah it's just it's really nice so yeah I just thought oh I had no idea there was a lot, so much cultural significance behind it. Well, so, yeah. Michelle, I did because I have seen the Disney Pixar film Coco. <gasps> he mentioned that. Apparently it's absolutely glorious. It's one of the best films I've ever seen and I'm always reluctant to be dragged along to the cinema to see these ridiculous films with my children. I can't bear it most of the time. But that was a really good one and I've seen it many times since. I'll watch it again. Really? Yeah. I've never watched it but it's so funny you mentioned that because he brought that up and said... He said, if you actually want to learn more about it, Coco is fantastic. He watches it with his kids who are like half Swiss, half Mexican. It's ideal. Watch it. Yeah. So there you go. But that's not really a a Halloween story. That's just more. Well, it kind of is. But I think it's a really nice way to remember the dead. You know, it's not all about like spooky, gruesome shit. It's about remembering those who have passed on. Because isn't there a saying? It's something like you're only dead when the last person who remembers forgets you your name yeah dies so yeah. yeah so you're you're alive as long as people remember remember you. you exactly it's your legacy yeah michelle can i tell you about an american mum talking about halloween right there's this mum who 
uh, called, her name was Julie Keith and she opened a packet. She went to the supermarket and she bought some Halloween decorations because, you know, in the States they love it. She opened this package of skeletons and other Halloween decorations. But inside there was also a note and it read, Please kindly resend this letter to the World Human Rights Organization. Thousands of people here who are under the persecution of the Chinese party government will thank and remember you forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. <gasps> so she was opening up her cheap Chinese Halloween decorations yes. and there's this SOS note. From a Chinese worker enslaved. Fuck. What year was this? Do you know? Don't question me. <laughs> I do not know. It was in the last five to ten years, I would say. Oh, shit. We'll see. It's, re- it's recent. I think it was 2016, actually. The letter, wow. so it was written by a man called Sun Yi. And this letter outlined the inhumane working conditions in the Masangia camp and the fact that many of the workers had been imprisoned despite having not committed any crimes. So... <gasps> Sun Yi, for example, had been imprisoned for being a follower of Falun Gong, which is a spiritual movement whose practitioners have faced persecution at the hands of the government in China since 1999. And then he was jailed in 2008 after a raid on this printing press that was publishing anti-communist party material. And then he was sent to this slave camp working 15 hours a day at this and making uh, stupid oh decorations. God. You know, we talked about slavery last month with Black History, last week with Black History We month. did, we did. And slavery still exists. It does. Like, listen to this, it's fucking terrifying. I know, it's madness. Jesus. Sorry, continue. Okay, he was subjected to torture. <laughs> he was tortured. <laughs> he was subjected to torture and he was all, they tried to force him to renounce his views, which he refused to do. So after he was working in this camp, he discovered that the boxes that they were making the decorations for had English writing on the side. So, and he knew, he had learnt some rudimentary English in high school. Okay. So he, he just thought, fuck this, I need to tell the world. So he wrote the note, sent it. Julie got it. She had it published in the local paper. She did contact her human rights organisations and then he was eventually released in 2017. There you go. There's your oh date. Oh, my God. So she she helped. She saved his life. Yeah. Wow. Good on you, Julie. Yeah, I know. They struck up a friendship and uh, there's pictures of them together. Every- he has since died, sadly, Michelle, of lung cancer, but... You know, okay. he didn't die. Yeah. In, he didn't die under inhumane conditions. That's the major point here. That is an amazing story, isn't it? Wow, that is just a story of human connection and people help, like humans helping humans. I love Fucking it. How? Yeah, I love that too. Well done. That's Thanks. great. Got any good stories for me? Well, <laughs> this is a Halloween story which requires a massive. Yes, it's scary. Trigger, trigger, triggers. So look, guys, if you don't want to know about some real, real life, real crime, maybe go make a cup of tea. Yeah. Trigger warning. Warning. Trigger warning. Look out. Trigger. Oh my goodness. Warning. Brace yourself, Mavis. So for me, this is like the real life story of maybe the creepiest psycho possibly of all time. So. I thought you were going to talk about when a little boy was poisoned by his dad who wanted to get the life insurance and he put poison in the candy. What the fuck? The little boy died. What? Oh, yeah, that's another story for another time. Other podcasts, you'll be able to find that story. Jesus Christ. No, this is even more horrible. So, 
I'm going to start by asking you a couple of questions, Jordi. Yeah? Did you know <laughs> that the fucking terrifying character of Leatherface in the 1974 film Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based on a real-life person? No, I did not. Okay. Second question. Did you know that the character of Buffalo Bill, Oof. who... He was the one that didn't get the gender reassignment surgery. Yeah. And then went went on to make a suit out of yeah, like dancing around skin. in women's skin and silence of the lambs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In silence of the lambs. Did you know that was based on a real life person? No. In fact, it's based elements of his character, Buffalo Bill's character in Silence of the Lambs, is based on seven real life serial killers. Ew. Yeah. And did you know? that the character of Norman Bates in Psycho was also based on a real-life person. No, I did not. Are they all the same person? Yeah. Oh. That is the really fucking terrifying thing here. Is oh, that my God. They, all of those characters, were based on this most kind of terrifying, creepy killer. His name is Ed Gein. Gein? Ooh. Gein. G-E-I-N. Ed Gein. I said Gein. Gynecological. (laughs) No. Anyway, look, I shit you not. It is so fucking scary to think that this one guy could be the inspiration for the most. That's mad. Degrading and fucked up characters in some of the world's like most terrifying. To be honest, Michelle, I know nothing about Ed Gein. Okay, well, let me tell you all about him. Oh, God, I'm not sure if I'm ready. Hang on. Okay. You've got to be ready. Get get ready. Buckle up, people, because this is, it's, it's, a, it's a scary ride. Happy it is Halloween. Halloween. So come on, yeah. yeah. Right, so Ed and his older brother, Henry, grew up in a very small town called Plainfield in Wisconsin, in America, of course. And their father was an alcoholic and their mother was like fanatically religious and she was also reportedly very domineering and she apparently regularly beat them and punished and would punish them for making any friends she just wanted to isolate them oh god and she apparently would not let the kids leave the farm unless it was for school that was the only time they were allowed out and away from the farm and she would preach lessons from the bible and she sort of indoctrinated them to believe that the world was evil and that all women were prostitutes. Oh, that's a good start. Yeah, good start really in life start. there, boys. Yep. So you can already see how this is shaping these yeah. poor young boys. But anyway, then when Ed's father died in 1940, Ed and Henry, the brother, took over running the farm. But Henry, who was apparently, you know, like relatively normal because he'd he'd shaken off all the mother's warnings that all women were evil and Mm. horrible prostitutes he actually began dating a local woman and sort of became increasingly worried that ed's closeness well he's kind of because ed was very very close to his mother almost unhealthily so like an obsession yeah and the brother started getting a bit worried about it but also and in hindsight maybe a little foolishly um henry would kind of take the piss out of ed about you know he how what a mummy's boy he was and in 1944 ed reported his brother missing 
after there was apparently oh, a no. fire on the farm. Mm. But then when Ed, uh, sorry, when the police investigated, Henry, the brother, was found face down, apparently from smoke inhalation. But after a little bit of investigation, the police discovered that Henry had died before the fire and he had bruises all over his head. And even though, like, people in town suspected Ed had killed his brother, no charges were brought because, you know, there was a lack of evidence uh, there. And and it's 1944. So, okay. you know, there's no forensics. The techniques we have now, they, they just didn't really mm. exist. So he got away with it. And then a year after his brother died or murdered by, by Ed, his mum, Augusta, had a stroke and died. And so basically Ed was alone in the farmhouse. And, you know, I read reports that said he was really unable to cope. And part of his coping mechanism was he boarded up every single room in the house and moved into just one single bedroom near the kitchen, which when that room was discovered, uh, it basically was like a hoarder room. You know, it was squalid. It was filthy. It was full of clutter. And look, people in the town, you know, they did think he was a bit of a weirdo, but most of the locals just thought he was odd but harmless. But that all changed when, in November 1957, the owner of a local hardware store, her name was Bernice Warden, she just disappeared. And then Bernice's son, Frank, he was actually the deputy sheriff for Plainfield. And when he started investigating it, he went to the store and he saw that the cash register was open and that there were bloodstains on the floor. And when I was thinking about that, I just thought, fucking hell, that poor guy, like he's going into that store and that blood on the floor, that's his mum's. Oh, no. no. It's just really awful. But he told investigators that Ed Gein had been in the store the night before and had said to his mum that he was going to come back the next day to buy some antifreeze. And when they checked the cash register receipts, the last sale Bernice made was for antifreeze. Right. So the police put two and two together and they, they went off to Ed's farm to question him. And honestly, what started out as just a routine search, it turned into a fucking gruesome no. house of horrors. No. Yeah, I know, I know. So look, trigger warning, guys, trigger warning. If that... If you're not if you're not ready for some grossness, tune out. <laughs> so oh, no. the police went and yeah, they found Bernice at okay, Ed's right. farm. Trigger. Oh. Uh, she was decapitated. Sheesh. She was strung up and gutted like a deer. Oh. Yeah. And her head was found in a sack. And her heart was hanging in a plastic bag near the stove. It's just really awful. But that it wasn't even the worst. So as they started searching the, the house, they found just a really terrifying collection of, I guess, what you would call keepsakes or trophies. You know how you always read about serial killers yeah. You know, keeping trophies. Well, this was worse. Basically, Ed had made bowls from human skulls. Oh, God. 
He made belts from women's nipples. No. Yeah. He made a lampshade that was covered with a woman's like face. Oh, that's that's Buffalo Bill. That oh my yep. god. He had chairs that were upholstered in human skin. Yeah, I've had a feeling this was coming, Michelle. I must know yeah, this story from somewhere. Yeah, you must. He had spoons and like weird utensils made from human bones. Listen, I, this is horrific, but one good thing to say about this guy, he's very handy. Very crafty. And do you know what? The stitch work was immaculate. I looked. Like, he's very neat. He was very good. He could have been a tailor. You know, What a shame that he chose to go down the dark route. I know, absolutely horrible because there was this actually this pair of gloves made from human skin. Oh, I mean, yeah, fuck. they looked. I know, I know, it's disgusting. And and when I saw the picture, it looked like you know when you get like cheap hair dye from the supermarket. No, stop it, <laughs> Did you see a picture? <laughs> I've seen pictures of all of them. Oh, I've seen no, them. not the lampshade. Yes, I've oh. seen it all. It's all How online. How do you sleep at night? Oh, my God. It was terrible. I feel absolutely fucking sick. And honestly, I feel like belt? I'm getting soft. Yeah. It's not good. I'm going to put these. I'm oh, going to put, put them up. on there. <laughs> I'll put links in case you're wondering. But, I mean, it goes it goes on because, like, the, the glove, like I was saying, like, you know when you get, like, supermarket box dye for your yes, hair yes yes i and know you have those horrible big yeah, oh i know what you mean gloves yeah. that don't fit anyone they're always yeah. massive well he made them look like that but like i said the stitch work was incredible but oh, anyway I, I so really he sick. had those gloves from human skin i know me too and then there was a waste paper basket because you know he had some waste and he made <laughs> that out <laughs> he he made that out of human skin oh for god's sake there was a corset oh no michelle made out of a human torso oh my there was a pair of lips that was being used as a drawstring for a window shade i mean he obviously wanted this shit all around his house god almighty i didn't know all this and then there were dismembered body parts including fingernails and ears and noses stop and the genitals of nine different women hang on just so just I, around. I thought he'd only killed his brother and one lady. What? Ha- mm-hmm. Where were all these women from? He'd he'd killed he'd killed a lot, and also he went to the local graveyard and dug up corse, corpses. Oh, okay. So, in total, they found remains of more than forty women, Oof. either murdered or dug up. Could they tell the difference between someone who was alive when he got his hands on them or someone who had been dead for a while? I'm before? sure they can. I I didn't delve that deeply because I was quite disturbed by the story. Oh, it's fucking Good terrible because I haven't even finished, you know, because <laughs> he he also made masks, a lot of masks from the faces no. of women. And then no. he made a suit. And this is very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. He made the suit from different skins of different women he'd oh killed because he told the police he wanted the suit so he could climb inside it to become his dead mother. Oh, my God. Oh, do you know what this reminds me of? I'm watching American Horror Story right now. I'm in the second season. Asylum. Oh, 
It's like everything at once. Everything. The latest episode I'm watching has Ian McShane, you know, what's his name? Lovejoy. And then he went to America and did something else. He's some bad Santa and I can't watch it because it reminds me of the Golden State Killer. I can't watch it. Oh, God. Yeah. But that documentary on the Golden State Killer is really fantastic. And obviously really sad for the journalist who was investigating everything because it, it consumed her. Took a fatal toll on her. Yeah, you know, it did. It's just really terrifying. Well, I hope all this Googling, investor Googling that you have done for Ed Gein, Michelle, does not take a fatal toll on you. I bloody hope not. And let's just say I've been investor duck duck going for okay, all this. Yes. Because, you know, I I don't want cookies tracking me for <laughs> all for of this shit. horrible stuff. <laughs> no, I don't want to start getting ads for things. <laughs> I don't. Sorry. Imagine all the bondage ads you're going to start getting with that. But anyway, so all of this stuff, it's so sickening. And I really, I just think I am getting like soft to all this stuff. Because before I think, when I was like really into my true crime moment, I was, you know, listening to all these gruesome podcasts. I find I can't really listen to them anymore because Mm. they're just so disturbing. I'm getting disturbed too, yes. Yeah. And... I mean, I just don't want to think about a lamp with a human face on it. No, I see it in my mind's eye and you've seen it for real. I have. And, you know, I mean, you know, when you go into museums and I'm not gonna look. you see you see all of those like human artifacts of, you know, like tribal cultures that have made drums with human skin or, or, or animal skin or whatever. Oh. Imagine, you know, because it's all that kind of horrible dried husky skin tone color i don't know the yeah. when when yeah and and that's what these things are like it, they're just disgusting anyway so look ed was arrested in 1957 and he did admit to murdering bernice and he admitted to murdering a local bar owner called mary hogan and she disappeared 3 years before and like i said before he did admit to basically just being a grave robber and he dug up loads of female corpses from the local cemetery because he just needed to feed his addiction for making all of these gruesome suits and belts and lamps and whatever initially he was ruled mentally unfit to stand trial and he was in prison for 11 years but then yeah 1968 he did go to trial and he was declared criminally insane and ordered to spend the rest of his life in what was basically a secure mental hospital. Mm. And he died in 1984 in the Mendota Health Institute and he was 77 years old when he what died. A piece of work, Jesus. But, I mean, for me, it's so, it's so horrific that... You know, this guy went under the under the radar for years mm. and he was doing this to all of these women and digging up corpses. It's just horrifying. So anyway, oh, happy fucking Halloween. There you oh, go. Oh wow. Thanks, Michelle. Eavesdropping. Uh, eavesdrop, eavesdrop. Eavesdrop. Wow, wow, wow. Just eavesdrop, eavesdrop, eavesdrop. 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 Eaves
eavesdropping. Eavesdrop. Well, I have a lovely little story to tell you from a listener, a lovely listener by the name of <gasps> Terry. Terry Terrence of all people, Terry Whitaker. Tessa. Hello, Terry. Thank you for your story. Terry has shared with us a story about when he was growing up. And he did mean to send it for our Ghosty Woasties episode, but he was a little bit late. So I thought because Halloween can be about ghosties or it can be about horrific serial killers, as you've just illustrated, Michelle. Thank you for that. (laughs) Whoops. So I thought I'd tell Terry's story. Would you like to hear it? I would love to. Okay. Well, my little Terry, he grew up in a a three-floor council house in North London. And on the middle landing, it had a front room and a box room. So he was a bit spooked, especially in the dark, and he used to leave lights on and it would piss off his dad because his dad obviously wanted to keep the bills down. And in the middle landing, one day, Terry came out of the bathroom and as he tried to walk down towards the kitchen, which is where his mum was, there was someone standing in the dark right in front of him. So his dad must have turned the bloody light off. Oh and he God. thought, so Terry thought he'd walked into someone. So he squealed and then put the light on, but there was no one there. No <gasps> one there. Oh, my God. He was only 10 or so, and it happened a few times over the years. Terry became convinced that it was a ghost. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Yeah. They had a dog growing up, and it was whenever it was on the middle landing, like in the front room, Terry's dad would sometimes shut that door to the middle middle landing front room because he wanted to keep the warm in. Terry's dad's very conscious of, you know, the bills. He didn't want the lecky on, didn't want the electricity yeah. on for too long, didn't want the heat getting out. So he'd yeah. keep the door open just a crack. But when it was like that, the little dog used to look through the crack and bark and growl and <gasps> the hackles would go up. Oh, my God. Because they do say animals are really sensitive to spirits Absolutely. and ghosts and all yes. that kind of thing. Because they do have sensors, don't they? Yeah, They have extra sensors than we do. And now, so the dark hallway landing would be out the back, out you know, mm. beyond that door. And the doggy would be just, you know, growling and going nuts. And Terry's dad would shout at the dog, but the dog didn't make any difference. He was freaked out. Yeah. One day, Terry's mum thought she'd seen something in the hallway and she didn't want to talk about it at all. But one day she was going upstairs with a laundry basket and she saw someone standing in the same place as Terry had seen all those times before. Oh, my God. She squealed, I imagine, (laughs) dropped the laundry basket and ran from the house, waited all day for Terry's dad to come home before she would go back in. (gasps) Fuck, that that is... When you don't want to go back inside, that means you're absolutely It's pretty serious. The whole whole family at this point have experienced something. As Terry got older, he moved into the box room, which was on that landing, you know, so with the dodgy hallway landing with the man standing there. Good luck with that, Tez. I'm scared for you. I know. One night, Terry was sitting in bed and he had a friend over. Um, His friend had gone to the bathroom. And when when this friend came out of the bathroom, Terry heard him swear at him. And he said, well, what did you just say when he walked into the room? And his friend said, oh, I thought I'd just seen you standing in the hallway. (gasps) No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Another time he had another friend come to stay. And as she went to the bathroom, Terry was waiting in the front room. She came back out. And as she came out of the bathroom into the hallway, he could hear her go, oh. (gasps) Holy shit. Then when she saw Terry, she explained that she thought he had been standing in the hallway. 
Oh, of man. We all know it wasn't Terry, was it? No. This happened many, many times over the years to Terry and to people who had come to stay and both, I think, well, at least mum. And uh, what they'd find is that they would usually see the figure, like a tall yeah. man standing in the corner during low light. So it was low light at night time. Oh, okay. So another time, Terry had another friend over. Loved a sleepover, did our Terry? He did, he did. He was always having his mates around. Very social. Very social. One time he was in bed with another another friend and he was chatting away. He was a bit older now. He was probably about 17 or 18 or maybe early 20s or something. As Terry fell asleep, he had a funny turn. And he remembers the feeling. He said he felt shaky and stuck. Now, I'm not really sure what he means by that. But he said that he'd only describe it as an out-of-body experience. He could see both him and his friend. So his friend was on a little mattress on the floor. Terry was in his bed and he was watching them from above. So he's like floating over their bodies. And then whilst looking down, Terry then saw the figure of a man standing in his doorway. (gasps) Now, he doesn't know how long, Michelle, this went on for. But his friend woke him up because Terry was making all sorts of mad noises. And once he was awake, he realized that all the hairs on his body were standing on end. And he said, even now talking about it, I can feel all the hairs on my body are standing up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Poor guy. He's been triggered. He has. He said to his friend, there was someone standing in the room in that corner. So neither of them had any sleep that night. (laughs) (laughs) So over the years, Terry has told people this and he believes that it's a ghost or a spirit of some kind. He said he, he first saw it age 10 and the last time he saw it, he was age 20. Some friends have suggested that it might be a guardian angel. But Terry did his own little investor duck duck going and he researched and found out something about something called and this is very halloween michelle slender man have you heard of that <gasps> no i only know slender tone it's meant to like get your cellulite into shame <laughs> what is what is slender man i can't believe you haven't heard about slender man no he thinks it's something to do with i i think he actually found something along the lines of shadow men but i went with his slender man theory and i okay. started looking into it and i discovered because he thought his Slender Man or Shadow Man was yeah. something that we'd hear about. People have often felt like somebody sitting on their chest. You know, we talked about this yes, in previous episodes. We have, yeah. A tall man, sometimes with the top hat on, always in the background. Now, I have heard other friends tell me that they've seen a person looking around the corner or something in oh. their home. Yeah. I've heard this story before from other friends over the years, and it's very, very shocking. But I looked into Slender Man. Now, Slender Man is just something called a creepy pasta. That's from a creepy pasta website where people kind of write in with their own kind of campfire stories. It's all made up horror. So, you know, when you say pasta, are you saying pasta as in spaghetti? (laughs) Or do you you mean a creepy pasta as in... Creepy pasta, pasta, yes. Whatever you like to say it. Or do you mean pasta as in like a church turkey? No, pasta, like pasta, like you said. Spaghetti. As in creepy spaghetti. Yes. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's the name it's the name of a of a website like 4chan. Like 4chan. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it. With pasta. No. It's like it's right. com- it actually comes from another website called Something Awful, which is 
to do with horror, people who like horror okay. stories and things. Yeah, yeah. So right. there's this, it was created in 2009 by a man called Eric Knudsen. He has an AKA. Michelle, we do love an AKA. <laughs> I love an AKA. <laughs> His uh, pseudonym is Victor Surge. And this website asked people to create a scary artwork for a competition. So Knudsen hmm. put this Slender Man image in amongst a photo of children playing. So it's got these black and white photos of children Ooh. playing. And in yeah. the background, they've got this tall, slender figure with no features on his face. And it says underneath, uh, after this photo was taken, 14 children and the photographer went missing. So that was the thing. And it was lifted from this something awful website and yeah. just spread around. Oh, it went viral. You know? It went viral. Now there's a movie called Slender Man. And if you look it up on the web- on the on the websites, you'll see a faceless man with wobbly arms. Sometimes he's got some kind of tentacles coming out the back, tall, Ooh. slim. It's said to inspire the Minecraft game Enderman, which is like the, I think he's like a zombie or something. And it okay. did end up on 4chan. Everything ends up on 4chan. It does. <laughs> Here is an article from Cosmopolitan magazine. In May 2014, two Wisconsin girls called Morgan Geezer and Anissa Weyer were accused of stabbing their classmate, Peyton Leutner, all very crazy names, Mm. because they believed that doing so would please the fictional slender man and prevent him from harming their families. Oh, Jesus Christ. People. The, The people, I know. The girls who said they learned of slender man on the website Creepy pasta were just <laughs> were just 12 years old at the time Peyton was stabbed 19 times Michelle and she barely survived the attack but she did survive who was and she it, who was she stabbed by her two friends the two 12 year old girls when you're not oh listening my, I was I thought all three of them were involved in no. doing some kind of ritual like to prevent slender man from stabbing them no did i not say that they were accused of stabbing their their classmate yeah yeah i think i was glossing over that because i was too concerned with you saying pasta pasta but yes. hang on so two girls stabbed Peyton. yes you know oh, the three Jesus. of them were classmates anissa and can't remember the other girl's name anissa and morgan attacked Peyton and they're all 12 and the reason why was because they had found this creepypasta website and I think it was issuing like if you don't do this this will happen kind of things and I'll get on to that in a minute I've got more to tell you about that in a moment but our aka Victor Surge the guy who invented it he said he was deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin and his heart goes out to the families of those affected he didn't ever mean for it to get this big or he just he was just entering a competition for god's sake can i just remind you do you yeah. know who else is from Wisconsin no ed gein oh no Lynx. jesus here we go all right <laughs> wisconsin peeps in addition to this attack, there have been others connected to Slender Man, mostly involving young people or teenagers. And after this Wisconsin stabbing, a 13-year-old Ohio girl, believed to be obsessed with Slender Man, attacked her mother with a knife. And the same year, a 14-year-old from Florida apparently set her house on fire after reading about Slender Man. It's known, Michelle, as fake law. Oh, okay. All right. Not folklore. Yep. Not folklore. Fake law. But fake law. Okay. And it's being fueled by the media. They're filling the filling people's heads with fear, especially parents, because you know they don't know what their children are looking at on the on the YouTubes and the whatnots. So yeah. they're kind of like fueling this fire. And they would also print things like "Slender Man Spotted in the Forest" and things like that. Oh, so, God, 
This happened in the 1800s, in 1837. News reports in Victorian England, uh, news reports of a fake law creature, if you like, called Spring-Heeled Jack. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. Spring-Heeled Jack was some sort of devil creature and they were sightings of him up until 1907, attacks on people, all put down to Spring-Heeled Jack. And equally, Michelle, you may have heard about Momo. That was very recent. In fact, I got an email from my children's school telling me about Momo. Do you know about Momo and the Momo Challenge? Do you know what a Momo is? It's a delicious little dumpling. Yes, I do love a Momo. I love a Momo, but not this Momo. This Momo is a horrific, ugly horrifically ugly sculpture by a Japanese artist and prop maker that was turned into an online challenge. Now, the face, it looks like something from the ring, but it also has big googly eyes and its its mouth turned down like that, like you've looked in one of those photos. You've done something to your face in a photo, like, you know, when you've turned on an effect. Yeah, yeah, you've got a filter, like one of those weird filters. To make your face go weird, like a mirror, like a a hall of mirrors kind of thing. It's nasty. Anyway... This was turned into an online challenge, which is a combination of the Black Mirror episode, Shut Up and Dance, and something called Blue Whale. Now, do you remember Mm. that episode? I do, and it was fucking terrifying. And I really thought about that about five minutes ago, and I thought, God, this sounds like Black Mirror, really. You know the one? Yeah, I do. Where the boy is being, there's a young chap being blackmailed by a hacker who's seen him masturbating to porn. Yes. And then he has to go on, he has to go and then go forward and blackmail all these other people and they've all done something nasty. Yes. At the, and at the end and it's a terrible twist because he was looking at underage children. Porn. And that yeah. is and that is really terrifying because whenever people think about pedophiles, they think they're old men, but old men were once teenagers. Yeah, and that's, that's what true. this that's what this story was all about. That was yeah, the horrible quite a shocking. twist plot. Yeah, but the way they had the that horrible smiley face that popped up on the phone and then that would make you go again and like it would be sent to the next person and then everybody had something to lose and really Black Mirror anyone who hasn't watched that series it it, Halloween's a perfect time to watch it because it's fucking terrifying snuggle down and watch a bit of dystopian (laughs) terror and then there was something called Blue Whale Michelle which was a Russian based phenomenon that went viral according to reports in the Russian media the Blue Whale Challenge involved teenagers following a series of increasingly self-harmful tasks over the course of 50 days culminating with them being encouraged to take their own lives no fucking hell do you know what? There was also, I think, it was Blue Mirror, uh, Black Mirror, or something like that, with a very similar thing where people are encouraged to kill themselves. Fucking yeah. hell! Well, it's Momo. The Momo challenge was specifically targeting young children, and oh, it God. encourages them to text a number on WhatsApp, which then sends them instructions to complete a series of increasingly bizarre and dangerous tasks, from watching a horror movie to engaging in self harm to taking their own lives. So there was also reports. You might know of this because your sister probably told you about it, because I think it was worldwide, and that and she's okay. got children the similar age to mine. So there's also reports of trolls editing kid-friendly YouTube videos to include images of Momo, which is absolutely horrific because it's such a shock when you see that picture. Google it. Or you can actually put a link to this episode 
a, a picture of the Put nasty Momo. Put a link Momo. in the show notes about the She's Momo. She's not very nice. Oh. As well, it's encouraging them to self-harm. So like I said, the school sent out warnings. Also, the Northern Irish police issued a warning against Momo, but later believed that the threat was overemphasized and actually okay. in advertising it or you know putting it out on their twitter feed or their instagram or whatever they were making it more of a thing yeah if you see what i mean so then they wrote in another facebook post even basic open source research suggests that momo is run by hackers who are looking for personal info as creepy as she looks momo isn't going to crawl out of your child's phone and kill them so ultimately it was fueled by fear it was fueled by internet rumor Yep. And all it was was a bunch of hackers trying to get your, your date of birth so they could take all your cash. Yeah. I mean, did you see recently we had an email from uh, a Ghanaian prince asking for oh, us? Oh, I did. For, yeah. <laughs> asking for our mother's maiden name and five million in cash. And usually it'll start with dears. <laughs> so yes he i don't think he was a real eavesdropper no but no it, that's that's really terrifying because um you know young minds are really susceptible to that yeah. kind of thing and even though obviously you know there's not going to be some momo jumping out of your phone to like kill your your seven-year-old your seven-year-old maybe doesn't know that and the idea that they can be induced to self-harm that's what's really scary yes. stuff there were stories of seven-year-olds doing all sorts of crazy things because they wow. were worried i mean i don't even know if that was true so i didn't look mm. into that because i just thought i think they were all debunked those stories i'm not yeah. i'm not 100 percent sure but there were stories of them cutting their hair or doing ridiculous things because they were told if you don't something awful is going to happen to your parents oh, oh gosh oh what what horrible manipulation you know it's it's really terrifying. Thank God I'm not a parent. <laughs> no, exactly. Trick or treat. Oh, wow. Well, thanks so much. That's really scary, but really My pleasure. Yeah. Well, it is the the season for it, isn't it? Time to get it your, is. your, your chills on, your chills and thrills. Have you ever done any trick or treats? Yeah. Tricks. Well, I, I do. No, I don't do tricks. I no. go trick or treating with the children. Just knock on doors and say, trick or treat. And, and then you leave a big bowl of candy out and whatever. Yeah. I mean, because what are you going to do if someone says, fuck off, trick, thanks? Like, what are you uh, going to yeah, do? Yeah, when they do say trick, well, maybe I should just get that water pistol out again. Do you remember I said in a few episodes ago oh, yeah. when I used to get sexually <laughs> harassed as a 12-year-old, I'd have a water pistol filled with, with food dye. Maybe I'll do that. Squirt them in the face. They'd, They'd love, love it. it. <laughs> what a lot of fun. Come on, kids, let's see how fast we can run. Yay! Or you can egg egg a front door or something. I well, don't usually know. Usually it's egging, isn't it? But yeah, it was to waste a good egg. Well, not with all these food shortages, Michelle. No, no, You'd no, You'd be no. mad. Yes, you would be mad. Well, hopefully you get lots of treats. But I just, I don't know, the idea of walking around. I mean, you, you said something earlier about some kid getting like poison candy or something you, yeah. you know you've got to just be so careful and yeah. gone are the days when everyone was you know trusting and carefree now you can't trust anyone you can't I mean have you been uh catching up and reading all about women who are being spiked in nightclubs but literally no, not again Jesus literally spiked they're what being do you mean? with a syringe they're they're feeling a, a prick and a scratch on their leg and they are no. out. Yeah. So, you know, it's really scary what's going on. This is happening but how, it, in Nottingham. That's 
people falling asleep in nightclubs then that's just people going plonk well yeah but their friends are going oh she's so drunk she's so drunk and you know but really they're not they've been injected and you know depending on the size of the person it has varying degrees of either you pass out or otherwise Mm. you just are not able to make proper decisions so it's really scary really scary so yeah the world, the world, Geordie, the world. The world we live in, Michelle. Oh, no, I just want some candy. <laughs> <laughs> or well, lollies, let, lollies if you're in Australia. Lollies. I'll let you go off and get yourself a, a big bag of sweeties that you can sit down and eat now, Michelle, and make sure you put your scary makeup on and your, and cut your neck around the edge saying cut here or whatever it is that you're going to do this year. <laughs> you know, in Sweden they call lollies goodies. 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 I love that. It's like, give me some goodies. Give me some goodies. Yeah, and they have really good goodies in Sweden. But do they have the teeth? Do you remember the teeth that you can put in and pretend that they do have the teeth? (laughs) They do have the teeth. They've got the best, the best, the best. Teeth and fags. Well, look, thanks for all those amazing stories. Thank you, Michelle, for turning my stomach. Happy Halloween to everyone. Love from the eavesdropping team. That's you and me, Michelle. That is. We're a team. We're a team. And yeah, and thanks everybody for tuning in on our scary Halloween app. So scary. And until we next chat, keep on eavesdropping. 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 Eaves